Welcome to the Ink to Film Podcast, where we read the book and then see the movie. I'm Luke. And I'm James. And this week we watch George Pavlov's 1986 creature feature, Rawhead Rex. Now let's tear open our shirts and receive our golden baptism. <laughs> guys we're back last week we covered rawhead rex's story this week we're doing the film 1986 it came out and i mean this movie is what it is we're gonna get into it yeah it's gonna be quite different uh we had an awesome conversation with courtney hogan who was nice enough to return and discuss this film which she watched a second time um which i'm gonna go ahead and say uh not recommended i honestly don't don't watch this movie this movie is bad um, what you should instead do is listen to us talk about it, and that's all you really need to do, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of the it, we get into it. If you guys, if you have a really, really burning desire to watch it, go for it. But yeah, I, I, I can't say that I condone it. <laughs> yeah, read the short story. That's where that's where the quality is at for this project. Um, which, by the way, this is going to be the end of it. We just did this is a little two parter. Um, and then we're going to be moving on to Altered Carbon by Richard K. Morgan. So you can stick around for that next week. Uh, we'll be starting off that book. Um, but for this project, we also want to go ahead and say that we get into some explicit content. Um, not as maybe bad as the short story, but it's the same. It's the same basic plot. So, yeah, there's some graphic violence. There's discussion about violence against children, that kind of stuff. So content warning if you if you would like to uh make sure you want to avoid that so let's get to our conversation with courtney i mean it was a blast it was a good time probably the best way to experience this movie because there's really no other reason to watch it (laughs) it was uh, it was a really funny conversation i thought and uh really enjoyed having her on so yeah stick around all right before we jump into it we just wanted to take a second to talk to you about audible audible has given us an affiliate link it's audibletrial.com forward slash ink to film. And with that, you get 30 free days for their service and one free audiobook in their collection. Yeah, I, I use their service all the time for all kinds of books, but uh, it really has helped me with this podcast because it, it enables me to take notes while I'm listening, which in general, that's like you can do something while listening. You can multitask while reading a book, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's If you like listening to podcasts, you're going to love listening to audiobooks. It's just it's right there. This week, I thought I'd recommend what's going to be our next project, which is Altered Carbon by Richard K. Morgan, which is kind of a cyberpunk, far future, you know, uh, story that I'm really excited to read. I haven't read it. I I know nothing, but uh, then what I've seen in the Netflix uh, preview, but that's going to be our next project. We're going to read that book, and then we're going to talk about the TV series on Netflix. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That trailer looks great, and I've heard great things about the the story, so I'm ready to jump into that source material. It's also like we're getting back to kind of like longer projects yeah. that take a little bit longer, so it'll be fun. Absolutely, and if you wanted to uh, read that so that you can follow along uh, with, with our podcast, uh, you can use our Audible link, which is audibletrial.com forward slash ink to film, and you can get that book for free, sign up for their service, and you'll be good to go. Oh, wow. We just watched Rawhead Rex, the 19, 
86 film and uh i don't know about you guys but that was a trip uh we wanted to welcome back our our guest courtney yeah courtney hogan is a writer and filmmaker she had a short story in the best body horror of 2017 titled mantis welcome back to the show courtney ah thanks for having me back this movie i am uh i'm pretty excited to talk about it it was something (laughs) it was an experience oh yeah definitely so you're the only one who has seen it already right like you saw this earlier oh yeah yeah it was our first time so how was it uh second viewing like worse (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can see that (laughs) because it's like not even fun bad it's just like uh, oh my god i i agree there's part there's parts of it that are like pretty fun but like all in all there are parts where i was just like it was slogging along and i was like oh boy i was like how much longer is this gonna happen for oh yeah and like some of the acting is just like a nightmare (laughs) like oh god oh yes uh yeah i have a lot of specific like scenes and moments i want to talk about uh, but I guess we should we should say like uh, you know in our podcast what we typically do is we read something and then we watch the movie and every other time we've done it it's been an awesome adaptation <laughs> just I mean like we've been lucky I guess uh, this is the opposite of that this was a travesty <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> it was crazy it's what's crazy is that like um, with Courtney telling us that it wasn't very good. Last week, I was expecting it to be like completely different than than Clive Barker intended, but like there was a lot of the same story beats and stuff. It was just really poorly executed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I think all of the, I mean, like it's a dark soul, but the dark soul of Rawhead Rex, the story, is absolutely missing from this movie. Like, oh yeah. We can go into it, but there's just things about it that this is unrecognizable to me, even though a lot of the plot beats are the same. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's get into this. So. Rawhead Rex came out in 1986. It was directed by George Pavlo. Which I've never heard of. Yep. Uh, I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. (laughs) He's a London-based British horror science fiction and thriller film director. Uh, He directed three feature films, and two of which were based on British horror writer Clive Barker's material. Uh Uh-oh. What was the other one? Wow. The other one was Underworld, um, also known as Transmutations. Never hmm. heard of it. Do you know that one, yeah. Courtney? No. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what he's known for. He did one other small, like, TV movie, oh I think. God. So but, he's uh, known for this movie? <laughs> he's basically known for this movie, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's why he didn't make anything else? Jeez. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much that went into this. Like, I, I, like, it's just, it's wild. Like, I don't know if we can specifically just point to him, but like he didn't he didn't help the movie out all that much. Yeah, well like yeah, they at the end they're like, this is the digital effects or the effects studio we had for monster for like the monster creation, and I'm like, well, they did a terrible job. <laughs> like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, actually, I mean, if we I guess I'll just throw this one. I had I have some information about some of the stuff here and there, but I'll I'll give you this one early. Um the special effects team only had four weeks to make the Rawhead Rex costume. Oh, oh my god. That's tough. That's, That's a quick insane. Turnaround. Why why would that be, ever be the case? <laughs> right. If you're making an effects heavy film, like you're just gonna be like, mm, four weeks, guys. Like the thing came out before this. And like the oh difference gosh, is yeah, like mind right. blowing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't it's wild. I mean, the effects work is like you you 
it's tough to get it right but like there's like who knows if it was budgetary who knows if it was studio input if it was like the studio was saying like you have to get this out in this amount of days or whatever it was but um they had a rough rough time man like i i feel for them because four weeks isn't enough time to get really anything done Right, and then your studio is known as like the studio that made Rawhead Rex. <laughs> oh man, that I have a sucks. lot more to say about how he looks, but do we want to do that now or do we want to? Um... <laughs> no, we'll jump into it later. The okay, last okay. thing I'll say about the the costume and the special effects team is that the costume was done as a single piece with latex skin. Jesus mm. Christ! Yeah, so that sounds awful. Of, it's pretty tough. So the other thing we need to talk about, as far as this is concerned, is uh, Clive Barker wrote the screenplay. And Clive Barker is known for hell. As far as film is concerned, he's known for Hellraiser, Nightbreed, Candyman, Rawhead Rex, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean his involvement in this project. Um, I know, like famously, he he's not a fan of of how it turned out. Yeah, he um, we we talked about it last time. He he disowned this movie. Um, and you know how James, I, I I like to look for I like to look for the mention, right? Like based on the story by or you know what I mean. Did you notice that that does not appear in this movie? Well, his name is on it, but yeah, it's not like based on this. I didn't see the based on the story. <laughs> I couldn't find Clive Barker's name anywhere in the actual film. Are you? I think it was at the beginning. I, maybe I'm wrong though. I don't, I don't I think so, man. Really I looked for it. Hard. Unless I unless <laughs> I missed wow. unless I blacked out or something because <laughs> how bad it was. I I completely missed it. Um, definitely in the credits, he's not mentioned. Um, wow. He's not mentioned as the screenwriter or anything. Whoa. Wow. That's a cool thing about Clive Barker, though. Like, he's, like, super vocal about not liking shit. Like, if you guys, like, follow him on Twitter at all or anything, uh, he, like, he really roasts anytime they make a new Hellraiser. <laughs> nice. So. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I do follow him with our Ink to Film account. I will I will definitely check out his uh, his feed. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I guess, I guess this is a good time to just ask you guys. I know you've kind of vaguely said, but tell me how you actually felt about this film. What did you think, Courtney? No. <laughs> Oh no, this film is awful. Like I said earlier, it's like bad, but it's not even like fun. Like you can't watch it and like really like laugh. There are like a few really good, really funny moments, but there's yes. oh god, <laughs> like it's intentionally just a, funny it's a or nightmare. not? Um, I the first one, I have no idea if it was intentionally funny. I guess I'll wait until we actually talk about the movie okay. to bring them up. But like, no. I don't believe most of them were intentionally funny. Yeah, I agree with that. I I I, w- I would like to think that this movie knows how bad it is, but I don't. I don't think it does. Like, no. I think it plays it totally straight. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I'm right in there with you guys. Like, there there's a couple things here and there where I was like, oh, that's not that's that's pretty interesting way to do this or this and that and like. I will say that there's there's one actor who I was like, yeah, he's going over the top. Like, like he was going for it, and I was like really enjoying his performance. I'll, it, we'll talk about it in a second. Wait, is it Declan? Is uh, the guy who yeah, played Declan? Declan? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Him touching he, that cloth, <laughs> just screaming. He's the. I mean, he's the part. He. I. I think that he is the reason to watch the movie. If I. I don't recommend you watch the movie, but if you do, like, he's the reason to watch it. I mean, he's like, yeah, you're right. He. He goes for it. Like, he's so yeah, over the top. But I. I don't know. He was kind of my favorite actor too in the movie. That's. That's what I mean. Yeah, he's my favorite actor as well. Like he. I, he. He did it for me in this movie. Like he's about the only thing that I could say is like really redeemable. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I felt like the effects didn't do the movie any favors. There were, there's like a lot of uh, 
there's a lot of practical and also uh, like in camera slash after effects that are done. And uh, it just it, it kind of I felt like had they had they left things a little more. I don't know. All in all, I the, the movie, the things that I want to get out before we get into the story is like I felt like Rawhead Rex could have been even though his his costume wasn't all that it like i guess clive barker probably wanted it to be they could have obscured him with different lighting they could have used different camera techniques they could have done a lot to kind of add to the the terror but instead we get like broad daylight bad costume (laughs) fighting and it's 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 rough sometimes like from working like in film like one of the first things i noticed about the movie watching it this time around was i was like jesus christ the lighting is fucking is a nightmare in this movie it's awful throughout like oh my god i totally agree yeah they were like you know what okay let's let's shoot in the daytime use natural lighting for every shot that we possibly can we don't want to touch any lighting equipment (laughs) yeah they're like don't put any lights up you know we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything like we'll just yeah, uh, even the night stuff is like the night stuff looks better because they had to use lights. Yeah, but like the, that's like the, the mo- only reason. The moment where he's standing on top, like there's like a moment where he's standing on a hill and he's like silhouetted, like that's one of the best looking moments for that for that costume. Yeah, every oh, other time yeah. it looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to say the uh, when we when we covered the thing, we talked. Uh, I think we talked about how John Carpenter really didn't want it to be a man in a suit. Or maybe we didn't talk about that, but I re- I read that like he really didn't want mm-hmm. it to be a man in the suit, like a monster in a, in a that's obviously a man in a suit movie, right? That is what this movie is. <laughs> like you are at no oh, times yeah. are under any illusions about this being a guy <laughs> in a big monster suit. Right, it looks right. like a like a high school basketball team mascot. Like it looks fucking <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Like someone took an ape suit and like changed the mouth a little bit and yeah, added and, like, like a little bit more abs it. to it. <laughs> um, I really feel like it was a missed opportunity to not make him just like a full on penis. Like that's what the story <laughs> calls for. And they didn't do any of that. That would have been like better. That would have been, oh, man. that at least would have made it good, bad. Like Yeah. At least then people would know this movie as like the dick guy movie, but instead it's just like people don't really know this movie. He looks like a big ape to me. I don't know. It's because the the face, like his the bottom part of his face, like protrudes so much that yeah, it is like ape like. Oh my gosh! It doesn't move. It it just it he I I don't think he can move his mouth. It just it's fixed. (laughs) Some of the best shots in the movie are like. It's like a close up, and he's like supposed to be moving his mouth, but his eyes are just going crazy and rolling around really fast. Those are so good. And there's like a bunch of like KY jelly spilling out of his mouth, and like that's like all you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I also wanted to mention that uh, I felt like any sort of allegories or like subtlety to the story that was in was in the short story um we're, we're missing a lot of that i felt like there wasn't really any of the you know any of like the sexual allegories or the the like societal maybe there was a little bit with the religious stuff but barely any no they, i mean it's 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 almost completely lacking and, and it was like they did lip service to some of it but that was it right it, it, and the so to, on like a serious note about it, I really think this movie 
it it defangs. I mean, even though you see his fangs constantly, it defangs the monster because everything he does happens off screen almost right like it it constantly cuts away which is the exact opposite of the clive barker story that never lets you look away like we talked about he forces you to see something you don't want to see but every time rawhead gets somebody pretty much it cuts away immediately we don't even see it um and and, you know but that obviously that's probably for budgetary reasons but it does no it it just it's a complete disservice to the monster that barker created all right, at this point, I think we should just jump right into the plot of this film. Uh, it's definitely very similar to the short story that we that we talked about last week, so we're not going to get too deep into the actual plot details, but I feel like there's definitely stuff to talk about as far as differences and kind of what we thought scene by scene, because there's some moments that we definitely need to talk about. So we start out, Howard is our main character. He's coming to Ireland to get info for a book about, he's coming to check out old religious sites. Which is a nice change, I think. Like I, I, when I first saw that, I was like, "Oh, that's smart." You know, like it, it, I don't know. It makes him more active in in the story. Yeah, and uh, we cut to some farmers trying to get a giant stone out of the farm, <laughs> just like last time. Uh, it's a giant pillar, <laughs> yeah. and it looks like a it looks like a prop. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? How dare you? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the difference being, uh, there's one guy who was trying to dig up, dig up that stone before, and there were three guys who were kind of trying to dig it out this time, and then two of them leave, and a storm is brewing, and he's trying to dig the stone out by himself, and lightning strikes the stone, and Rawhead starts coming out, and we get this crazy reveal like right away, right in our face, no no obscurity, no darkness, daylight, we see the suit in the first like five minutes. There he is. Yeah, I mean, it's the opposite of Jaws, right? You know, it's the it's it's almost like you know this this filmmaker learned nothing about like what works in horror movies. <laughs> yeah, he right. watched Alien and was like, "We should do the opposite of that." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think yeah, Alien is like Alien, the thing, Jaws. Those are just great examples of like, especially like like there's it's so famously known that like the Jaws shark was supposed to be in so many more shots and they just couldn't get it to work right. And it's like, instead of showing it and having it look awful, just obscure it, build tension by not showing it. Yep. The, I mean, the famous cam- the monster cam and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. I think it would be much better served. This movie, this movie, I, I felt zero tension at any point. I, I agree with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. So that, a uh, couple things about that opening part there. First off, now, you know, I don't know if this is just me. I don't want to make fun of an accent. However... <laughs> One of the guys says table, and he puts about six A's in there. He says, me dinner's on the table. And it sounded to me like it could just be an actor who's just very bad, but it could also be, it sounded to me like an American trying to do like an Irish accent and just really doing it poorly. I'm not sure what it was, but it just seemed, it was like hilarious to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wrote down like, oh, the acting is stiff and just from the jump, like it, it, it was like there was no chemistry between any characters really right and then uh oh so okay the church uh they're they're cutting back to the church repeatedly as rawhead's coming out right and they are singing a song that as far as i can tell is just the word hallelujah over (laughs) and over and over again until like everyone passes out in the church from exhaustion i don't know like they say it a thousand times it feels like you don't know that one there's no other lyric that's it. You don't know that song? <laughs> I bet I know what it's called. 
I definitely realized that, that was happening about like 10 or 15 times after 10 or 15 hallelujahs. I was like, okay, so they weren't going to pay for any rights for any songs or anything like that. They were like, just make up a song and sing it. Slam some keys on the organ and we're all just going to say hallelujah along with it. The church had, that was like my first really funny scene that I did not know if it was intentional or not. And it was when, uh, what's his name, Howard? When he yeah, comes main, yeah. in, yeah, and he like, He's talking to Declan, and Declan's, like, being kind of a dick, but he's like, oh, like, the stuff you're looking for isn't in this building, it's in the other building, and he's like, alright. He leaves, walks to the camera, makes a shitty face at the camera, and then walks out of frame, and I laughed so hard. I was like, I don't know if they just kept that in or what. Oh, yeah, you're right. So funny. Speaking of that guy, our main character... I, I wrote down, he looks like John Hamm, but 75% less handsome. <laughs> <laughs> With a much yeah. skinnier face. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny is like he looked familiar to me. I'm like, is this somebody I've seen before? And like I went and looked, it's not. And I'm like, maybe this looks like somebody I know, but I can't, I still can't put my finger on Dude, it. Dude, it's, it's John Hamm. I'm telling you. <laughs> is it? It's a less handsome, it's like a way less handsome version of John Hamm. He from looks like a dad from some kind of movie. I can't tell you what movie, but he looks like a dad. percent. <laughs> in the next scene, uh, like you said, O'Brien, it, it, he like touch in this same scene, kind of the same sequence where Howard leaves. He he goes up and touches the altar, oh and it starts like glowing, and he gets these visions, and then immediately he like we can he's we're supposed to know that he loses his mind, and like is all weird, and the vision stuff was it was just. Interesting choice. It was an editor's choice or whatever it was. Uh... It was PowerPoint effects. There was like, wasn't there like a fire? Like didn't it like go to like a campfire in the woods? Like what was even happening in this vision? I'm so confused. <laughs> it was foreshadowing um, the like Jason style massacre that Rod Rex goes on later. Yeah, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, park. I guess that's what it was. You're right. <laughs> that trailer park. We have to talk about that trailer park massacre because that is a bonkers scene. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. Oh, so I kept thinking. Okay, so this is just true throughout the entire movie. But I was expecting the uh, mystery science theater guys to be like at the bottom of the screen the entire time. Like, this feels <laughs> oh, like God. one of their films. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I would not be surprised if they've done this. If if like them or, or the other guys. And if they haven't, they could do an amazing episode on it. So, oh it yeah, would be funny. Oh yeah. All right. So Rawhead's out, and he we see that he's like in a barn. He's like tore into this barn, and the guy's name is uh, the guy's farm. I think his name is Dennis, and his wife Jenny. And Jenny like tells him like, "Hey, you forgot to shut the barn door." He goes up to look, and it's been like ripped off. Um, so he like kind of goes inside, and then Rawhead attacks him. And very slowly murders him. Yeah. Very. First off, so, Rawhead bursts up like a cheerleader. <laughs> out of hiding. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that's pretty He good. looks like he would jump up and go, rah, as he's jumping. It's so awful. So Rawhead, after he murders Dennis, he starts moving towards the house. And he gets into the house. And, and Jenny's all scared. And she's a, she's a pregnant woman. And she starts running through the house to try to get away from him. And and one of my favorite things that happens in this movie is I don't know if it's the the unwieldy suit or what it was. Like they they 
couldn't put as many i don't know anyway uh he he goes to the house and like meticulously like wrecks like small things throughout the house like he flips the table and he like goes over to the shelf and he like knocks a couple bottles like a couple like bags of flour off and then he like goes back over to the other shelf and knocks like he was just like going in and trying to destroy everything in the house (laughs) that i i absolutely wanted to talk about that exact thing um i i had that written down like i so there's a meme or something a video i don't know what it is it goes around the internet every now and then and it's of like the Loch Ness, not the Loch Ness monster, the, the like creature the, from the Black Lagoon. Creature from the Black Lagoon. He's just like he's just like throwing people and like breaking things and knocking over stuff. And it's like fuck this and fuck that and fuck this thing especially. Yeah, I thought exactly of that meme for this scene because that's exactly what Rod's doing. He's just like fuck this bag of flour, fuck this jar. Like he's just like knocking over the table and just wrecking things. And it's so it's funny. so good because it's like he's like he's like like bullshitting while she's like getting further away he's just like i'm gonna fuck up all this stuff on the show yeah he does not even try to chase her because like she hides for so long that she thinks he's gone at one point like she goes upstairs and locks the door and is just like all right well i don't like hearing breaking any more shit so i guess he's gone now and i mean like and that's such a horror movie like cliche right like she literally runs upstairs and hides in the bedroom is her yeah. is her plan, which like he already burst through like your window slash wall. Like, why are you thinking that this is helpful? <laughs> oh man! So yeah, and that's and then uh, Rawhead eventually like gets up there to her and then like goes to attack her and her her like shirt around her belly rips and he sees that she's pregnant and like kind of leaves her. Maybe um, I don't yeah. know Maybe. what actually happens yeah, in this scene. He- he smacks her in the stomach and turns her into some kind of Looney Tune zombie. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Next God. time we see her, next time we see Jenny, she's like, she's like, like roaring and and like like screaming and then also laughing and, and then, then crying. crying. Uh, yeah. It's, I it's I have no idea what happens with this character, and I don't even no. know if anything happens to the baby or not. Like I assume it doesn't, but I don't know. I feel like right, we don't right. actually get another shot of her stomach to know if it's like intact. No. no, we she, we see just see her on a stretcher and that's it. Right, yeah, that like that confused me so because like like as soon as you were like she was pregnant and that's like why you stopped messing with her. I was like that makes so much sense because it was just like I mean like I was I don't know why but I was like didn't even think to think that she was pregnant. So it was basically just a scene of him walking in, slapping her, and then leaving, <laughs> and then she's just crazy the next time you see her. It makes no sense. Yeah. Speaking of no sense, uh, the next scene is another one of my favorites. Um, it's this crazy scene where Howard and his wife Elaine are walking down the street together and they're just kind of chatting about not liking where they're at and stuff. And I hope get, you love this scene for the same reason I do. Yeah, we get a wild makeout scene between him and his wife and they're just like making out and stuff. And then l- verbatim, Howard says to his wife, You've got real dirty eyes. Anyone ever told you that? And she replies, practically everyone. <laughs> and I thought that was so insane. And then to top it all off, like we get, okay, so they're they're making out and it's like real, real making. Like this is like Tong, like it was wild, like more than you normally see in like a makeout scene in a, a movie. Uh, and then uh, they break, say the crazy lines, start making out again. And they make out for a really long time, like 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And then... This this woman with a hood walks up, and then they have to stop making out, break apart, and then the woman walks in between them, and then they're like, "That Gives was so the weird." Guy. She's 
she's so weird and then she flips around gives him the stink eye and i'm pretty sure we never see that character ever again (laughs) (laughs) she was just tired of it the wife says she looks really familiar which goes nowhere as far as i can tell except for maybe the priestess we see later is wearing a similar red outfit maybe I don't know, man. I I was like, this. Oh, this is a big plot point for sure. She's gonna like help out <laughs> Rawhead Rex. She's already she's already messed up. She's already he's already in her mind, and then uh, she's just like looks back and she's all like, yeah, giving her the stink eye and stuff. And she's like, I don't know, it's weird. She was so weird, and then I and then no, I don't think we ever see her again. Okay, so I I also have to back up a second because you you that whole exchange is is bonkers between him and his wife. But you actually didn't talk about the line that I think is the most insane line that happens. He says, and this is also verbatim, what do you expect from a historian? I prefer dead things. And then she says, oh, I'll keep that in mind. And she does an eyebrow waggle like that's something (laughs) sexy that she just said. (laughs) They're into some weird stuff. (laughs) They have the creepiest scenes together. Like later there's a scene where they're making out in their bed and he's like about to leave. And I was like... Like, I don't, it's, like, in movies, you can tell that it's, like, oh, you know, like, they were, like, just, like, getting paid to make out. But, like, it really felt like they were going to fuck or something. It was really <laughs> uncomfortable to They watch. have, like, a weird chemistry. I agree. It's not like it's completely, like, without any, you know, passion. It's just a weird energy. Yes. I feel like we should, while we're talking about the scene, we should mention the fact that uh, he was, like, oh, you were, you were talking in your sleep. And she was, oh, like... Yeah! <laughs> She was like, oh, what did I say? And he's like, he's like, who the hell is Big J or something like that? And she was like, she was like, wouldn't you like to know? And then he was just like, ha ha ha. And like left. And I was like, what the hell are these people into? And then she says like Big J and like laughs to herself or something. Like, it's so weird. It was wild. Yeah, I thought that part was like especially insane. That's when I was like, what, like what's happening? The chemistry between them is insane. What does she mean by, oh, I'll keep that in mind? What does I'm she mean by that? I'm going to kill myself and you can have sex with my body later. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the only thing she can mean. Or she's like, oh, I'll definitely act like a corpse later. Like, exactly. She'll play that about. at least. They're going to dig up a body. <laughs> like, that's what they're here for. They're the real monsters of this story. <laughs> <laughs> Such a crazy... I, I don't even know what to say about that. Interesting choices. Um... But that's getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Uh, so there's a farmhand who shows up at Jenny and Dennis's house, the people who, well, the the guy who was murdered and Jenny was the pregnant woman. Yeah. And um, he walks up into the attic where she's at or the bedroom or wherever. And when he finds her, that's when she's like starts roaring and screaming and crying. And then the police show up and they take her away. And we don't, I don't think we see her again either. Yeah, we, we've talked about that scene. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, there, during this, though, they keep cutting to a couple of things that I, I think it's during this slash maybe the weird makeout, but they keep cutting to uh, Declan in the church, and he's just making crazy faces. He's just like yeah. mugging for the camera with like mad eyes repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, he's killing it, too. He's, he's really he, he really reeled me in. Like I was really invested in his character. <laughs> So before we move on, there was a scene I wanted to talk about. It it keeps cutting to Rawhead walking through the woods. And it it's I think unintentionally hilarious because he's walking through the woods and branches keep hitting him in the face, and it's clear that the man mm-hmm. in the ma- like in the suit can't <laughs> see them. 
So it looks just like it looks like something out of Monty Python, where he's just like unintentionally getting smacked in the face by tree branches. That's awesome. <laughs> like it's supposed to be scary, but I just found it funny. That's great. Oh yeah. So speaking of the woods where Rawhide Rex is, there's uh there's some teenagers in this trailer park area, and they are making out like crazy in front of this little boy who's one of their little brothers. I couldn't figure out which which one. Uh. Yeah, I guess it's not clear. I always assumed the sisters, but maybe not. Oh, I assumed the brother. You thought that was okay because I thought that was just an asshole boyfriend, but I could see it just as an asshole older brother. Like yeah, I don't he know. He was being a super asshole to the little boy. So the little boy is like playing with his toys really loudly and like staring at them while they're trying to make out, and it was real <laughs> weird. Uh, real. They decide that they don't want this little kid watching them make out anymore, and they go outside to go make out in the woods but not before being addicted to the kid again as one does on a yeah, cold they night took, they took the kid's toy well the the brother or boyfriend whoever he is takes the kid's toy and locks him in the in the trailer and they go off into the woods to make out but he drops the toy on the ground outside the trailer and this weird scene happens where rawhead rex walks up to the camp to this like trailer park area and like picks up the toy or, or yeah he like picks it up and then like drops it but like mm-hmm. up, throws it down with a force strong enough to shatter it into a million pieces <laughs> i'm glad that you noticed that because like it was just like a like he just like gently drops it and it, it explodes <laughs> it, it's also like he's skittish in this moment it's so unlike rawhead from the story like he he it's like he hears a noise that's the kid i think and he kind of goes like, oh, no, and like runs off into yeah. the woods. I was like, specifically, he hears a child and does not like immediately try to eat him. He's like, oh, yeah. no, a kid. And he runs. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, this this kid's so dead. But I was still <laughs> thinking of Rawhead from the story. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. No. I was like, are we finally going to get I I kept like repeatedly through this movie. I was like, are we finally getting a kid murder? Are we finally getting a kid <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they they're in the woods making out, and like eventually the little boy gets out of the the trailer, and he runs. He's running after them to try to find them because his he sees his toy shattered in a million pieces, and eventually runs into Rawhead like eating this guy who's hung upside down, and uh, then like runs away after a little while, and Rawhead sees this kid too and doesn't chase after him again. Eventually, the, so the kid the boy runs away and he like finds these other people in the trailer park and is like all shell-shocked he can't say anything and the the teenagers are like making out and stuff they hear something and they try to leave and then that's when they run into rawhead and then they there's a chase scene and they're running away from him and stuff and then the boyfriend gets caught and like the girlfriend keeps running and she has like by the time she gets back to the trailer park she thinks she's still holding her boyfriend but it's just his like severed hand (laughs) Uh, (laughs) cartoony right and like i guess like now I'm kind of realizing, but the death of, like, there's so few, like, women deaths in this. Are mm. there any female deaths in this? I don't actually I don't think, think so. so. No, I don't think Super so. Super weird. Yeah. Yeah, but she gets away with his hand, yeah. which is, like, really <laughs> cute. So there's a couple things about this scene that I wanted to mention. First off, the boyfriend, who's, by the way, his name's Andy, and, and the, the woman is Katrina. I don't know. I wrote those down. Um, I think the kid's name is Neil. Um, so Andy is just awful. He's just an awful person. 
And he says, literally, I'm going to kill the little brat one day. I'm going to kill <laughs> yep. him. See, that's As why they're, I like, thought making out. <laughs> And I'm like, I know, but, like, the way he says it is, like, serious. Like, I am, like, confessing a crime <laughs> to you right now. And, and I'm like, that is, like, the hugest red flag in the world. And she's super into it. <laughs> she's like, yeah, make out with me more, please. Well, it's weird, because, like, she, 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 I don't know, it, it, I mean, again, to get kind of serious with, like, the stuff that's going on right now with uh, the Me Too campaign, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. This scene is so gross because it's he's, he's essentially sexually assaulting her, too, because she doesn't she doesn't want to do it. Like, it's weird. Like, she keeps saying, no, like, it's too, it's too cold out here. Let's go back. I don't want, you know, I don't want to have sex with you, but he clearly does. And he's yeah. being, like, really forceful and pushy about it. And it's, I think it's designed on the filmmaker's part to make us hate him. But it's also like, I don't know, it's just like an uncomfortable trope that I feel like we've all grown too accustomed to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, I agree. So it's funny because you said they see Rawhead Rex and run, but that's not actually what happens. They see the body of the guy who's been strung up and then they run from it like it's chasing them. <laughs> which i also thought was really funny like they don't just go like oh i'm startled I'm, I'm gonna like run off a little bit and then like get catch my breath they freaking run for really long ways and then rawhead jumps out at the last second and, and snatches yeah. it like it's really weird i don't know <laughs> it's just people behaving in just bizarre ways is, is like a hallmark of this movie <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah definitely after this whole b plot thing happens um we go back to howard and he is warning the police because he saw a nine foot tall man who may be ha- maybe behind all these killings. And like they are not helpful in any way. They're like the the cliche like cops who don't listen to the people. Well, we didn't talk about this. This is um I think this is like he, he when he leaves after the big J part, right? He's going out to just like investigate like some cop sirens or something. And then he's just out in the woods and that's when he sees Rawhead silhouetted silhouetted by the moonlight, yeah. right? And then it's weird because I, I am pretty sure he comes back and then just like is thoughtful and doesn't say anything. And then like the next day decides to go like report it, I guess, to the police. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he just thought he was being crazy or something, I guess. But <laughs> it still seemed pretty weird that he just didn't say anything for that long. Right. Yeah. So, so the cops aren't helpful. And uh, he's like, forget this. I'm going to go to the church and take more pictures. So he goes to the church. And O'Brien, the best character in the movie, is there. And he's like, get the hell out of here. Fuck you. You need to get out of here. And he, like, he like drops his camera by wait, accident. Wait, you're talking about Declan? Yeah. Declan O'Brien, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was his last name. Okay. He drops his camera. Howard drops his camera. And, and Declan O'Brien, like, w- walks over and, like, stomps it. And he's like, fuck you. Get out of here. And just, like, he says fuck a lot. <laughs> like, uh, and so then Howard is, like, he's... And then he like grabs him and Declan gets all scared, which I thought was pretty funny too. Like he like, grabs him by the collar and then Declan's like, ah! <laughs> like terrified. And this is like it. Howard's moment where he's like, I'm getting out of here. We're leaving this town because they're like done with it. And yeah, like uh, Declan's like laughing as he's leaving. And so they hop in into the car because they're, they're getting out of town. Uh, like when he's at the police station, the cops, like <laughs> he's describing it. He's describing Rawhead. And they're like, it's just like these kids' drawings. And they have all these kids' drawings of Rawhead Rex. Like, like they're like professional sketches. It was so, like, weird and out of place. There's just, 
like his entire fucking desk is covered in kids drawings <laughs> of monsters it's insane <laughs> It's interesting because that comes that comes up in a lot of other horror movies where you see like a creepy kid drawing, but yeah. like these didn't seem creepy to me. They just no, seemed funny. Like, yeah, they... <laughs> it was very cartoony, crayon drawn. Like yeah, because Rawhead looks like an ape too. So it, yeah, it just looks like an ape screaming. <laughs> like in all of them, is what it looks like. Uh, so there's actually a scene where uh, like a group of the people in the tra- in the trailer park decide to go out into the woods looking, and they find the body and then they, they go, he, one guy turns to another one and he's like, someone call the police. Okay. <laughs> they just had a severed hand of a missing person in the, back in the trailer mm-hmm. park. <laughs> and this is the moment where he's like, now we should probably call the police. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, you, you don't talk about stuff like that in the trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Oh, it's a severed hand, but who knows what could have called right, caused you, it. <laughs> you don't snitch in the, sna- in the trailer park. <laughs> So Howard and his family are leaving town because they're just kind of done with it. His wife, Elaine, had been talking a lot about how she didn't like it there. And uh, as they're driving, they think they see something. In, or she, Elaine thinks she sees something in the field. And so they like drive reverse to check it out. And it's just a scarecrow. And Which is scarier than, than Rawhead, by the way. Like this, <laughs> this scarecrow is I was going to say, like, you know how badass it would have been if in that shot, like they, the car drove away. And then like it's like it's like raw head from the back or something like he was like standing in the field and they just thought it was a scarecrow <laughs> like that's like that would have no but like the thing is it so hard <laughs> what was so good about it was it didn't it, like it was it looked like a person but you could tell it wasn't and that's the problem with raw head at no times do you look at raw head and not know it's a person in a, oh, in a yeah. suit you know yeah. what i mean so that's why it's already yeah. better <laughs> so uh all along their trip they uh the daughter their daughter needs to use the bathroom so they pull over and she like goes over to the bushes and uh, does her business. But right before then, she like screams. Just like the story. Yeah, just like the story. She screams and Elaine and Howard run over to her and find out that it was just a dead rabbit in the bushes. And in this moment, they left their son behind in the car. And he's like reading his comic books and stuff. And he gets snatched. And there's like a whole attack that happens. And the little boy's acting in the scene primo like really really good it was so funny man he's like the screams and stuff uh were pretty solid and he gets taken away just like the story and uh howard kind of runs after him can't do anything about it and gives up after like 30 seconds of running (laughs) so there's also this bizarre sequence of events where rawhead starts coming into the car to get him and then howard looks back at the car and there's nothing happening at the car. He just looks at it. He's like, hmm. And then he goes back to what he was doing. And it's so weird because it's like, it's so, like, I don't believe it for a second that you could like look at the car in which someone is attacking your child and notice nothing. Yeah. And it's not a someone, That's it's a monster. That's the worst acting in the whole movie. <laughs> That's the worst acting in the whole entire movie. Because after he realizes that Rawhead is like trying to kill his kid, he jogs to like that metal gate and then just stands on the other side of it and goes no yes and that's <laughs> it. Well, well, the best part is that right like like not it takes him like less than a second to like push his way through the gate after he's already dragged his son away like he just like shimmies through it real yeah. quick like right. it's not like it was he's... like holding him back yes. 
Right, it's just like a tiny like gate door that they fling open with ease. He just stops, grabs the bars, and goes no before no. they take his kid. Now we do, we do actually see blood on Rawhead, and this is I think the only time that we actually like he's like all bloody just to let us know he actually killed the kid. Yeah, but we don't actually oh, see him once again. Yeah, it's they cut away again. It's yep. him like grabbing him, screams, cut, cut back. Rawhead is like bloody, running away, yeah. cut down to the ground. There's like a piece of like bloody clothes and a shoe. Yeah. Yeah, and that's to me the opposite of what the Clive Barker story is. Oh, it, yeah. It, you know what I mean? And the cuts are atrocious. <laughs> like, they're really bad and awful and jarring. Like, yeah. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to the little boy. He was reading uh, Marvel's Secret Wars 2. Which I remember reading when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Somebody, I, I think I got like some hand me down of it or something. Somebody, I read it somehow, and I was like, I, I saw it, and I was like, oh, he's reading Secret Wars because it was like eighty six. Yeah, is yeah. that a reference of some kind they're making? Is there any connection to Rawhead Rex you can see in that, or is it just a random comic book? Thing no, it's just random. It just was probably the po- most popular <laughs> comic that was coming out when the production was happening. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. surprised. <laughs> I mean, not that I can see at least. Somebody, you many, could probably argue a connection somewhere, <laughs> but I, not that I can think of. Howard is like, they get back to the police station after all this, and um, he's like really angry at the cops for not doing anything. But the cops, I mean, what are they supposed to do in the situation? Like, they can't, they can't, like, he wants them, he says that he wants them to go door to door and ask people if what they know about Rawhead Rex. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I made a mistake. This is where he busts out the child drawings. Yeah. Ah, the police okay. sketch child drawings they're great yeah they are fun, <laughs> super funny when he first pulled one out i was like an adult drew that no doubt about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> an adult trying yeah. to draw like a kid right so yeah he's all pissed at the at the cops and and he decides that he's going to go back to the church so he tells his wife and remaining child to stay in the police station on <laughs> on i mean i guess they're guarded by police but without his protection and uh he goes to the church at the same time we get this this like you said before this Jason style like massacre that Rawhead goes on in this yes. trailer park. He it is arguably like not even arguably it's the best fucking part of the movie like hands down <laughs> it's so much fun and it's well shot which is like nothing else in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Rawhead. So he comes in and he's just you know it's an eighty slasher moment and he's he's tearing into all the all the trailers and he flips one over and there's like a, like four or five occupants in this one trailer and uh, he he like reaches yeah. in and grabs this woman and like starts to drag her out and uh the uh, uh, somebody an occupant other than her in there decides to grab not her legs not her arms not anything he, he grabs the front of her shirt so as rawhead pulls her out yep. her shirt like rips open <laughs> just so that they get their, their one moment of cleavage <laughs> in the movie so that they could be like we're, yep. we're edgy it's their fan it's their fan service moment yeah right it was so unnecessary dude. Like, it was uh, a bunch of horny guys are gonna yeah. watch this movie <laughs> it's so pointless uh, yeah, yeah and obvious it's just i mean it's like that's it's, another it's like something. weird 80s thing that was in like almost every 80s movie that got p- people to go but speaking of misogynistic like like things that that tropes and that kind of thing that's that's definitely one of them oh yeah for sure so i wrote down when seeing rawhead kind of doing his thing in this trailer i'm like rawhead's power seems to be he has jaws that don't really work 
Um, <laughs> and he is he is like ten percent stronger than a person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's a big like biker. Like that's all he looks like. He looks like a, just a big biker with a misshapen head running around smashing people there, up. There's like a thing where like people take turns running up and like getting grabbed by him. Mm-hmm. They all <laughs> run up to him, and then he grabs them and like throws them against the thing, shakes them, drops them. Then someone else runs up and he does the same thing. And I just kept thinking like, this guy in this suit has got to be having such a hard, like he must not be able to move. Because it seems like they were trying to work in a way in which he didn't have to actually do anything that required any real movement. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, they made the, they said, he said the suit was like completely made out of latex in like four weeks. So I bet that suit yeah. is yeah. not functioning well. That might yeah, explain like, he, his he wardrobe his as well, his uh, his biker gear, because yeah. they had to, they probably had to cover some rips or something. Yeah, you could tell he couldn't turn his head though. Like he would, oh, whenever yeah. he turned, he had to turn his whole body. Oh yeah. You know, I read a thing that said uh, <laughs> the the actor Heinrich von Schellendorf, and apparently he worked out for two months to, for this role. So he worked out like really heavily, oh, like movie worked no. out for two months for this role. Oh, no. See, and like this, to me, this monster should have been, they should have got a guy who's like, who is like seven feet tall and thin. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Yeah, I think of like a, you think like, what's his name? Is it Javier, Javier Botet? Um, He's like, he does like creature effects. He did like Mama, who's the Mama guy. He um, he was the new alien movie. And like, he's like super tall and really thin and just like. Is like there's something like wrong with his body where it's just like you know kind of twisted, and like that would have been like so much better, so yeah. much better. Because you could tell, yeah, it, this guy had so he was so bulky, it, it just looked awful. Yeah, Apparently, yeah, it's just uh, like a ripped dude running around <laughs> causing problems. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the first choice for the role was, for, of Rawhead was was Peter Mayhew, who famously is Chewbacca from Star Wars, but his his feet oh. was too high. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was yeah. i for some reason and um, you were like the first choice was and the first thing that came to mind was john claude van damme and i don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> like first choice 100 all right next up is another of my favorite scenes we get a scene from the book that i wasn't sure would be in the movie but i'm glad it was uh reverend coot sees the other reverend declan getting peed on and I just want to say that uh, it was the baptism by P. And I want to say that uh, it was quite a powerful stream. It was good special effects work. Uh, a lot of the budget probably went into that believable stream. Uh, it was yeah. literally just like a hose that they had attached to him. And it was... He doesn't... He do, He's like not moving too. Like he's just standing there just like a statue. Yeah. I don't know. And no, no monster, no monster cock. No. <laughs> well, he doesn't. He doesn't have genitalia. They he didn't have, have gen- the budget. <laughs> he is the genitalia. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Such a good. I was. So, I. I had. I actually wrote down. Like I was like, Are we gonna get piss? Are we gonna get piss? We got piss. Like yeah. I was so excited. <laughs> I will say, like, it's kind of a bummer, but we did not get a cum-filled church scene that. That's true. We didn't get that. <laughs> we didn't, they didn't go the. They didn't go to the the very edge of the cliff. They didn't push the limit. Well, and, no, and that's no. the thing. Like none of these scenes make sense in this movie. Like they made sense in the story, 
because Barker very meticulously sets up that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. That's not real. Like, it comes out of nowhere. I can't even imagine right. seeing this movie, right? <laughs> and just yeah. being like, why is this guy just letting this thing piss on him like this? <laughs> like, what's happening? It, it, like, kind of comes out of nowhere in the story. But then when you think about it, he does set it up. But, like, right. man, it just is out of the blue here. <laughs> Interesting scene, uh, especially yeah, like you say, like out of context. We're just like basically, if you're watching the movie, you're like, you don't even really know. If, I mean, I guess you do know because they're they're telegraphing it. But the fact that Declan was just like willing to get peed on, and he was just like ripped his shirt open, and it was very dramatic, <laughs> and it was a a powerful, more powerful of a stream than I was expecting. <laughs> I just really want to emphasize the power of the stream. <laughs> oh man, I, I I haven't mentioned it yet, but. Um, just to like harp on this rawhead costume more, he um he has some sort of like bulbs in his eyes that are very obvious, like light bulbs <laughs> that turn on. It looks like a Halloween, like it looks so much like a Halloween mask. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, and he turns around, and the light bulbs turn on, and it's red, and it's just it's so bad. Oh, and there's also some sort of stationary shot that they keep cutting to. I don't know if you noticed this, um, where it looks like they built something kind of animatronic from the shoulders up and it moves a little bit more but it's clearly not attached to a body and they only ever show it from the shoulders up and they use it a few times throughout the movie but it's always very obvious because there's nothing else in the scene with it oh yeah the head definitely looks like yeah there's some kind of something going on with that head it's not just his head yeah it's it's weird because and then there's other times because like that that face moves a little bit more and then there's other times where it's just very obviously you're just a mask and it doesn't have any movement right and like with also it's a weird like alien mouth did you notice that it's like oh, a yeah. double mouth <laughs> yeah 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 especially when he like op- like opens his mouth really wide <sighs> he's got that pennywise <sighs> mouth going <laughs> so after the uh golden shower scene coots mm-hmm. runs into the the church and calls the police and there's there's also the, I guess I should just mention this quickly. There is a scene where the police, the two like head police guys, are driving in a car and they get trapped by a rawhead and one of them is killed and the other is is like picked up and then like brainwashed. Yeah, he's, he he puts the whammy on him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he gets them, and so when Coots calls the police, uh, all the police show up and they're they're ready for war. They're ready to shoot and kill rawhead and this the police chief who had been brainwashed is like is like running around the the battlefield right before and he's like pouring gasoline all over the ground and uh they're all like getting ready to shoot rawhead and he like throws down a match and they're all like no no wait and everybody goes up in flames and there's like lots of explosions he like walks up the the police chief is like on fire because he's like killed himself basically and he's like for you for you to rawhead Mm-hmm. yeah all the stuff on fire was like kind of neat looking too yeah i was gonna say the explosions were were not i was expecting like punier explosions but they did a oh, yeah. decent job that's where the budget went that yeah. would be <laughs> howard shows up at the church after the police have been devastated by this explosion and uh coots is like on the ground like dying and he's like tells howard about this weapon in the altar that Howard had been putting the puzzle pieces together for. He had like come and taken more pictures and and figured out that like, I mean it was it was pretty fucking confusing to. Did you it guys- was all it it was all tied up in the stained glass window. There was like a piece of the stained glass window had been put in a different room, and he had to like 
figure out that that's where it went and it was a figurine. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. in in that way, he found out that there was a weapon in the church after after uh, Coots tells him. So he goes in and he retrieves this weapon. He kind of has a scuffle with O'Brien and uh, he's like, <laughs> he like throws him off and like goes over and like opens the, the altar with a candlestick, gets in there and grabs it. And it's a, it's like a, a fertility statue looking thing. And um, it, it looks like just a ball of clay. Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't look <laughs> like anything, which I was disappointed by. I guess like if you really, really squinted, like there's features on it, but. <laughs> well, I, in their defense, uh, those really old figurines that have oh, been yeah, like, yeah. like 2,000 years old, they kind of do look That's like That's what that. I was like, like. They're just like. It's like a ball. And I was like, yeah, like I did think of that. Like I was like, I guess like it doesn't look too bad. Like it looks like realistic yeah. enough. But also this movie's fucking insane. So like you could like <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, put it, more it, detail it in been, it. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have called bullshit on it if it looked better because like right. it's been in an altar for who knows how long. Right, uh, right. It's definitely magical, so it can look like whatever it wants, really. Yeah, that's true. So once Howard has this weapon, he he goes to face Rawhead and O'Brien, and he's they're going to like this graveyard area and outside of the church, and Rawhead like shows up, and O'Brien uh, is also there, and Rawhead like grabs O'Brien. And, and like tears out his throat, which is like a really interesting. Uh, first like, up, <laughs> it's it's so good. It's not good at all. Oh my god, <laughs> that's what I mean by it. It's the opposite of good. <laughs> uh, like his, he picks him up like lovingly. He very gently uh-huh. picks him up, and then uh-huh. his like mouth is not even touching. Like Declan's yeah. neck, not even touching it, and then just blood just squirts out, and I'm like, it's "Where so is? Good. Is he puking on him?" <laughs> it's so slow too. It's he, the yeah, slow exactly. motion, like he's leaning for a kiss. Yes, it's the most gentle, sweet. <laughs> like, yeah, he picks him up really slowly and carefully too. Like he's like hugging him. He gets up on his throat. He literally so just puts the mouth of this of this like creature onto the guy's throat, <laughs> and then like after a couple seconds of like just mouth. sitting there, it starts spraying blood. It's just like a squib of blood goes off and that's it. Right. They must have had like one thing, like one set of tubing. And they were like, you got to fucking get this blood out. You gotta like, it. I feel here. like there was a lot of that in this movie. I was going to say there was a, the moment there was a lot of like, all right, we got one take to get this done. There was the moment when uh, the police chief and the, when Rawhead attacks their car, the car like flips onto its side. And you, you can tell that they had like unscrewed the windshield. So the windshield would fall out and break. And literally just the windshield <laughs> fell out of the car and it didn't break. It was just laying there in front yeah. of the car. <laughs> Fuck. And they're like, all right, we're keeping it, whatever. That's it. So he's fighting Rawhead with this with this figurine. He like he's holding it above up above his head and then and then Rawhead like takes some swipes at him. <sighs> and he like drops the figure the figurine and He bitch slaps him across the cemetery, which is one of the other best parts of it. <laughs> him like he's really gonna do something to rawhead he really believes in this figurine and rawhead looks at him and like legitimately bitch slaps him across <laughs> yeah. the cemetery i will i'll give him props we talked about this in the story episode we felt like it should have been the wife yeah and, yeah and i liked that they do that they, they, I, it's a good change yeah i did like that change a lot yeah so he's he's fighting and he's losing and the the weapon isn't working and then elaine his wife shows up 
and she picks it up and starts using the weapon and light starts flying out of it. A bonkers special effects lights start, start <laughs> it comes coming out, out of, of it its vagina, by the way. Definitely yeah, like yeah. exactly where a vagina would be. It comes out of. Yeah. <laughs> he, Howard out loud says, oh, it takes a woman to, to use this weapon or whatever. And like lots of lights are coming out. And I was like, oh, cool. It's going to be like powers, whatever. It's got powers and it takes him down. And then a woman spirit pops out of the of the idol thing and like comes floating down. <laughs> she's she's wearing a similar shawl, cloak, whatever to yeah. that woman earlier, and that's the only connection I can make. But I mean, it's not it the same be. woman. No, it's not the same woman. It, it cannot be. No, I don't know. No, that's that's not. I remember her face being very different. It was yeah. just she was wearing a similar outfit. Was the only connection I could make. I didn't even think about that. I, it would make sense, I guess, but it. Who knows if it actually makes sense? Yeah. And the lights. Oh, and then Howard runs over while while Rawhead's getting hit with this like inner blue energy, and he runs up with a stick and is like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, that's the finishing blow. That's the finishing blow too. Yeah. And I, I, I wrote down like, "I'm helping." <laughs> <laughs> and then Rawhead bursts into like what you see when your like TV screen like blurs, or what you used to see when your TV screen like couldn't pick up a signal it's just fuzz it's nothing but like really colorful fuzz oh my god (laughs) yeah so he like ages in that moment from the powers of the the shovel smack or the stick smack it's like uh indiana jones right yeah yeah but worse much much worse (laughs) (laughs) which like that's an effect that they didn't need and they could have spent that money elsewhere (laughs) where they desperately needed it (laughs) Well, they had to make a new head for him, right? To make him look older, so they they had to craft that. They had to do in another four weeks, probably. Yeah. <laughs> they could maybe they just like put it under a heat lamp and melted it some or something, <laughs> add some gray to its hair. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, after that that fireworks show of a special effects moment, uh, yep. he he's smacked by a stick and then falls into a grave below, and stones fall on top of him. And legitimately, I was like, oh, we'll have like another minute of film or so. We'll probably get like everybody's happy ending and all this stuff. We cut to a grave. Uh, the <laughs> boy sitting over the grave, giving putting flowers for the, the brother it's, slash it's our It's our buddy Neil, I think. Yeah. yeah. Doing just as bad a job as ever. <laughs> like he's, he's so bad. <laughs> So he's putting he's putting flowers on the boyfriend or or oh. brother's grave. And he yeah, doesn't look that headstone. That headstone is like. I don't know, a $10,000 headstone. Like, it's insane. Massive. It was giant. I was fancy. thinking about that, like, too. I was like, no way trailer park guy has this headstone. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and the kid doesn't look sad either, like, at all. No, he He's doesn't. just, like, he lazily be. putting. <laughs> yeah, he was like, my dickhead brother's finally dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, we get a situation where he's, the boy walks out of the graveyard, and, and uh, that's the end. Not. Oh, Rawhead. Ah. What is it? The Carrie Grave pop up. Yeah. Yeah. But, I was like, oh come on. This it's is something not we talked even about. Shocking at all. Yeah. No, it's not. Like it's just like, come we, on, come on. You you were in that monsters class with me, right, Courtney? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talk about that was something we talked about in that class where it was um it was called an it lives ending. And that's I, I wrote it down. Oh, I was yeah. like, "It lives," <laughs> and that's a big trope where at the end the monster is shown to still be bad or to still be there, but still be alive. Right. Yeah, it's just another huge horror trope. Yeah. Right. And not even done well. It doesn't linger no, on not it. Done well like at all. he doesn't pop up. He like sits up real quick. 
and then it immediately like cuts to credit. It immediately like, cuts. Ugh. Like you barely see it. Yeah. yeah. It's so bad. Kid <laughs> And then we get credits. Kid which, also like I, is not scared at all by this. Just kind yeah. of like, what? <laughs> he I don't think he re- yeah, like I don't even know if we see him react or anything. Oh god. Awesome. Yeah, and then no Clive Barker in the credits. I, I definitely watched the entire end credits looking for Clive Barker mentioned anywhere. Didn't see it. He disowned it. So that is a disowning if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Don't even put my name on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so wild to think about the fact that he was the screenwriter. So it's like how, how he must have had no say or he, oh, yeah. or he, or he did have say and was just like not happy with the product. And I have to assume well, what happened was he wrote the script and then the guy just ran with it and did whatever he wanted. Yeah. And... Well, and if you think about a lot of our, like our problems with it, are more in the directing right the acting right right and like how scenes are shown and how you know yes there's maybe some weird dialogue and maybe you gotta put that on clive barker but maybe like it would have like in a better director's hands it would have worked you know what i mean right but also like him writing it like the people having like a really weird relationship makes a lot of sense coming like from clive barker who's like yeah. The king of like people having weird like sexual relations. And if it was if it was better cast and maybe more obvious that we're talking about some sort of like kink or something, like maybe oh, it would have yeah, made yeah. sense. But instead it was so like they didn't it didn't fit those characters. Oh no, at not all. at all. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I remember last time we were talking about I thought that this was made maybe after Hellraiser, but I actually looked it up. It was made like literally right before hellraiser so i think he was miserable with like they probably didn't actually didn't let him have any say because he was so shitty about rawhead that's what made him go on to make hellraiser he was so pissed Mm. that hellraiser turned or that rawhead turned out so bad that he was like nobody's allowed to make my movies anymore (laughs) yeah i was reading that that he was like he like because of rawhead he really pushed for for more creative control on on um hellraiser so and he got it so yeah good for him all right so that that's i mean that's kind of the end of of the plot and and that kind of thing do you guys have any final thoughts that you want to say about rawhead rex before we before we throw him into a grave that he pops out of right after <laughs> do, do you want to go first courtney or me i mean all i have to say is that this movie is trash it is garbage <laughs> and you you shouldn't watch it because it legitimately is not like a fun 80s movie they're like some like wonderful movies that uh they're failures and they're just like really fun and this is just like you know awful it's just awful (laughs) i I mean i agree with that and and i would like i didn't really have fun watching it which is a first for me after reading like we normally uh, we talked about it a lot james when we read something we go see the movie it's it's so fun like it's it's honestly the best experience i have is seeing something come to life and especially when it's done well. And this is just complete opposite of that. It was no fun. It was joyless. And it was sad too. Cause it felt like it, it was like, um, just such a poor adaptation of a material that I really liked. And, um, the most fun I had with this movie is talking about it with you guys. So that's, yeah. I, I think the best way to hear about this movie <laughs> is probably to listen to this podcast <laughs> and don't watch it. No, don't watch it. <laughs> it pisses on Rawhead's grave. I agree with you guys. Um, it's one of those things where it's like it's it feels like a lack of planning. It feels like a lack of caring. Um, 
whether it was budgetary, whether it was studio input, whatever it was, it just didn't work out the way people wanted it to. It's just, it's really one of those movies. It's like, it's kind of a miss. Like you don't need to, you don't need to check it out. No, there is a um, really long trailer on YouTube for this movie that shows pretty much every major scene. And so I would recommend, I mean, it's not really long. Like it's not, you know, it's, it's like five minutes. But if you were curious about this movie, watch that trailer. Don't watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> but if you uh, if you want to torture yourself, uh, I watched this movie on YouTube, so it's on YouTube <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah. You just put Rahad Rex in, the whole movie pops up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, last time we we ended, we uh, we we talked about your uh, social media and stuff. But I want to give it again in case people didn't listen to the story episode, which you should. But uh, just in case, where can people find you, Courtney? Um, probably easiest to find on Instagram, and uh, it's Courtney Z H. So uh, my name is wonky. So it's K O U R T N E A underscore Z underscore H. There you go. Uh, and we will tag you, I'm sure, in a future uh, post about this <laughs> episode, um, so you can find her that way if you follow us on Instagram. Um, also, you told me that you were working on a super secret uh, film project. What what can you tell us about that? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, super secret. It's through um, the George Romero Film Program. Um, we are currently working on something with um, Tom Savini, got Bob Tunnell, Bob Tunnell's the man, and uh, and Tina Romero, which is, you know, the late, late George's uh, daughter. We're all working on a project together. Um, last day of filming is supposed to be this upcoming Monday, which is the 22nd. So it should be out, um, really, really soon, actually, because it's pretty short. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram to hear more about that, because I'm literally not allowed to say anything else about it. Um, or if you follow Tom Savini, Tom Savini will post about it. He already has, actually. So Cool. Uh, what about uh, writing projects? Do you have anything you want to talk about that's coming up? Um, I do. I'm set to have a novel come out in, or a novella, come out in 2019, uh, currently titled Consume. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely post about that on my Instagram and everything like that when that's uh, closer. Yeah, and if you like horror and you like body horror and just dark, twisted stories, you should absolutely check out Courtney's writing. Highly recommend. Yeah, we'll definitely check it out. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Thanks for joining us for two weeks of Rawhead. <laughs> Hopefully you had as much fun as we did. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, was. I'm glad that we all got through that movie together because uh, I don't think I'll <laughs> yeah. ever watch that again ever. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Talking about it with you guys was really fun. That movie itself is a nightmare. <laughs> And uh, we're we're going to consider you our uh, Clive Barker expert. So if we decide to d to return to the Clive Barker world, maybe we'll uh, meet you up again. I, I got a lot of stuff to say about Hellraiser and Candyman. So if you ever do those, oh my god, I'm free. <laughs> those are both on our list. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Courtney. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. That was the end of our coverage for Rawhead Rex. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on, Courtney. Come back anytime. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. If you wanted to find Ink to Film on social media, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of those at Ink to Film. Um, I mean, we're pretty active on there, so if you want to send us a message or post anything, go ahead and do it. 
Yeah, and if you uh, wanted to send us a more direct uh, message, you can just email us at inktofilm at gmail.com. And we'd love that feedback about future projects or previous projects or this project. Doesn't matter. Go ahead and send it to us. We'd love to hear from you. Speaking of future projects, we are going to be doing Richard K. Morgan's Altered Carbon next. So make sure you pick up a copy of that if you like to read along. Um, make sure you can use our Audible ad or our Audible affiliate link to do that. Um, also, before we uh, get to the rest of our thank yous, I wanted to give a quick shout out to a listener named Myla, who is one of our favorite listeners. She wrote us in for our Last Looks episode. She just got married over the weekend, so just wanted to give her a big congrats on that. Yeah, congrats. It's awesome. And if you really enjoyed this episode, first off, thanks. <laughs> um, but the way you can show us some love is to leave us a rating and a review on any number of sites, where you know, including something like Facebook, which is where we're going to get ours today. Uh, on Facebook, we got a review from Grant, who, wrote, who uh, gave us a five-star review, and he wrote, This is the podcast I've been waiting for. Such a great idea. It's been a great companion while I'm reading It by Stephen King. Love it. Keep up the great work. So, fantastic review. Another horror project we worked on, if you want to check that out. That was actually our first project, so way back. Um, but yeah, we love that. So anything like that, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps us a ton. Yeah, thank you for that. Also, we wanted to say thank you to Audible for our affiliate link. Uh, if you wanted to get 30 free days and a free credit for an audiobook in their collection, our Audible affiliate link is audibletrial.com forward slash ink to film. Also, we just wanted to say thank you to AK New God, who... Uh, provided us with our intro and outro music. All right, that's it for us. We will see you guys next week. I'm Luke. And I'm James. See ya.